Word Radio On Demand, 96.1 FM and 900 AM WURD. Streaming live at wordradio.com. The Eagles played. Yeah, they played. And uh, I think we all know now, this morning, what happened. Uh, The Eagles played and um, they lost. And that means they are done for this season. Well, you know, we had to have a conversation about this. So we had to have more than one person on for this conversation. And so we are joined by our sports guy, Michael Tillery, who's written for Anscape, Sportskeeda, and other publications, and O.J. Spivey, the award-winning sports writer for the Philadelphia Tribune, are joining us this morning because, brothers, we got to talk. What in the world happened? Michael, what's your take on the Eagles' uh, disappointing season? You know, I have uh, an aversion to any Dallas Cowboys. So, you know, when Troy Aikman was was doing a telecast, I immediately turned it off and went to the Manning telecast on, you know, on <laughs> ESPN two. And you know, they had they had Ray uh, they had Ray Lewis on, and he had some of the most honest commentary I've heard about uh, professional athletes in a long time. Where he said that he used the word crazy a long a lot. Like he, he might have said crazy three or four times, you know, describing what was going on in terms of the Eagles missing tackles. He was almost looking through it, looking at it through Pop Warner eyes when he was saying that, you know, this is just ridiculous. You know, guys weren't weren't running. They were jogging. Um, they were almost letting go of the players in arm tackles. It was a ridiculous thing, and it just carried over to the offense that um, they could not do anything with Todd Bowles' scheme of just being in zero blitzes and just blitzing Jalen Hurst the entire game. Timing was off. You know, the only plus in the game was Devontae Smith was 148 yards receiving, but besides that, it was just an abysmal performance. Abysmal is a good word for it. OJ, what was your take after seeing this debacle take place? We're talking about the, the Eagles lost to Baker Mayfield. <laughs> like, will they ever live that down? Gosh. Yeah, probably not, uh, Tanya. Uh, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. Just waking up this morning and covered all, uh with you. Um, you know, you, you just try it. It's just so many questions to what's a monumental collapse. And as uh, as Till was saying, I mean, and, and what Ray Lewis was saying, it was just crazy. Uh, the missed tackles, um, the unpreparedness uh, of the zero blitz. You knew it was coming with Ty Bulls. I mean, he's been in the league a very long time. There's no question about what how he was going to scheme, how he was going to play the Eagles. But um, you, you just kind of see... Um, just the end result of what was a, a free fall uh, for the last month and a half, really. Um, and, and you just kind of wonder uh, how this team became 10 and 1. I think that was mostly, you know, Jalen Hurts bailing them out of what we saw these past few weeks. And it just got to the point where um, nobody could bail them out anymore, even as good as Jalen Hurts was. So um, I just think it's just a uh, collapse in coaching. Uh, it's a collapse in players because you do have to hold them accountable uh, as well. But we just have to get to the root of just what happened to uh, where we saw uh, this debacle last night. 
And I mean, we're talking, they lost the playoff game 32 to nine. So the offense was inept. The defense was inept. But more than that, as both of you referenced, by the time you started seeing missed tackles, it just seemed like a lack of overall effort. It just seemed somehow that the team just quit. And they quit, not just on the playoff game, they quit a couple of weeks ago. I cannot remember in modern football, (laughs) truthfully, seeing this kind of a collapse happen without a major injury. I think uh, if I have my stats correct, and you guys will correct me, remember when the Carolina Panthers had Cam Newton? They went something like 12-1, and and then they dropped the the next six games because Cam got hurt Without an injury, this kind of collapse is, is really something unprecedented in, in the league. What do you guys think about that? Yeah, it's definitely unprecedented. I I was trying to think back, you know, of, of teams you know, in this position, in an elite position to to win the Super Bowl with elite talent. You look at the, the Eagles roster from quarterback and the skill positions on, they have elite talent. And they were losing to a bunch of teams that had Backup quarterbacks, you know, and, and the receivers were wide open. I don't understand this. I, I've never seen anything like this. I wanted to put on a helmet last night and call you, Tana, to join me on the field. You know, th- that, that's really how bad it was, you know. And you know, it, it, something happened either in the locker room after the 49ers game. Dude, that's what seemed like everything fell off a cliff then. Something happened really bad in this locker room. You can just tell by the players' mannerisms. Um, they, they didn't like they had any chemistry. They didn't like they loved each other. Like you would think that a team who was going to the Super Bowl and going through the adversity of losing that Super Bowl would have. So I don't know what it is. And I'm sure everybody will speculate. You know, people are trying to attach A.J. Brown to it. I, I don't know. I won't speculate as to what it could be, but something happened. I don't know if Nick Sirianni still has this team. If Jeffrey Lurie was to sit Nick Sirianni down and ask him, does he still command the locker room? I don't know if he can give a definitive answer because it doesn't look like his team outside of the nucleus wanted to play for him. OJ, let me ask you, though, because these are professionals. We're not talking about some guys that banded together on some, you know, last chance you or something. These are professional NFL football players. And it appears that usually when a team goes does poorly, you have someone to blame. The quarterback who really just regressed or who fell off the cliff statistically or got injured or maybe it's the defense or maybe it's the running game or maybe it's they have no receivers. But in this case, it seems like the team regressed as a unit. What can cause that kind of thing? And are we correctly blaming this on coaching or, 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 or were there other things going on? Yeah, I, I think it's a, a number of things, Tanya, and that's the that's the most uh, perplexing uh, part of this collapse because, as Mike said, maybe something happened after the San Francisco game. But being in that locker room, you saw week after week after week 
Um, and, you know, it, it's never a good locker room when you're losing and when you're on some type of losing streak. But um, after San Francisco, after Dallas, the team was just never the same. Um, and the, the lasting image of the season was Jalen Hurts bringing the team back. Uh, taking them to overtime against Buffalo. And, you know, he ran into the end zone. And that was basically the last true highlight of the season. And it went down uh, from there. And, you know, this is historic because they're the first team in about 40 years to start 10 and 1 and not win, not even win their division. I mean, that's, that's almost impossible to do. And, you know, Mike also touched on the locker room as well. And I think, what might be going on and and, and what I'm uh, seeing from just uh, being in there all season is you might have, uh, you know, two locker rooms. You might have two locker rooms of young guys and then you might have the other side of locker room where you have the veterans. So I don't know if those guys are necessarily getting along or, or they're meshing. Um, and then again, this all falls on the coach. This all falls on Sirianni. Um, I, when he was hired, I never looked at him as a, a great offensive mind or a great innovator as far as scheme wise. And we're seeing that on the field now. Um, but I thought at the very least that he might be a good leader of men, but at this point, you definitely have to question that. And I know fans talk to me all the time. I mean, you even talk to me about it, Tanya, and I, I talk to, you know, Mike every now and then as well. Um, and people are telling me, hey, you know, you got to get rid of the coordinators. You got to get rid of, you know, uh, Johnson. You got to get rid of uh, Patricia and decide. And let's not forget, that was a panic move uh, when Sirianni or whoever it was, uh, the owner, the GM, decided to demote Sean Desai in favor of Matt Patricia, things only got worse. Um, so you, you have to factor in that panic move too. And from what I'm told, uh, that move did not go over well with everyone in the locker room. So maybe that was a big, a big part of it. But going back to my original point, uh, you just can't fire all of the coordinators and then not look at the head coach because that's not ideal. I, you know, I can't remember a time where uh, a head coach was stripped of his staff and then not retained. So uh, Jeffrey Lurie uh, has a big decision to do. He Again, he has to find out, um, as Mike said, uh, does Nick Sirianni still have control of his locker room? Is he still that same leader of men that took him to the Super Bowl? If not, then he, he has a big decision to make. Well, let, let, let's dial it back a little bit. There were, and, and I apologize because I said that I thought part of the Eagles problems were their toxic fan base, but it looks as though toxic or not, the fan base was sounding the alarms, even in the 10 and one record by saying mm-hmm. that they just didn't feel that the fundamentals were being applied. They It just didn't seem like the, the, the same team. First of all, it's hard to get back to a Super Bowl, and the Eagles lost their offensive coordinator and their defensive coordinator. They lost uh, a few players to free agency, and so it wasn't quite the same squad, but it seems as though it was the nucleus of the squad that was one play away from winning a Super Bowl. Right. And this collapse really feels like we're going to be seeing this on some 
future 30 for 30. There's something that went wrong here. (laughs) Where did it go wrong? This is what the mystery of everything. It doesn't seem, you know, Jalen Hurts does not seem as though he was the same guy for whatever reason. Maybe the pressure of the contract. Mm -hmm. Maybe he was more injured. There's speculation in in, uh, Ocho and... uh, uh, Shannon Sharp have a podcast together called Nightcap. There was speculation, and this is obviously both of them former players saying that they feel that Jalen was more injured than he actually showed or told. But it just seemed as though between Jalen and AJ and Devontae, everybody was funky at some point. It, it, it was like one of the more interesting organizational breakdowns. You know, you don't always get to see the behind the scenes uh, of a football team or or any team. You know, it could be a work team. It could be uh, any kind of group of people that work together that you felt like they started out with such promise, understood the culture, understood what was expected, and then some catalyst somewhere broke everything down. How did it happen? Well, I just look at last last night. Jalen Hurts only ran one time. Mm. Went on for five yards. DeAndre Swift, 10 carries for 34 yards. They had a total of 42 yards rushing. Rashad White obliterated that himself. <laughs> it seemed like... Now, you spoke earlier about the professionals. These guys are professionals. So you, you would think, and you, I think we're correctly assumed, that uh, these players after reeling for a month and a half will come out with some passion and a sense of urgency. Mm-hmm. Okay. That did not occur. And that's the reason why the people are speculating about, you know, the coach being gone because as the, basically the CEO of, of the organization, he has to go out there and command and also dictate where personalities do this where personalities do that, who we can can get on to kind of use as an example uh, to to get his team in a in a sense of urgency. Like this is an, an embarrassing display, and it was very hard to watch because it seemed like every play was something worse than the last. You were very surprised watching this game when the Eagles had plus yards on a play. Mm-hmm. Like you were, oh my gosh! Like mm-hmm. it was, it it was it was something really ridiculous. And as we spoke about, you know, about Baker Mayfield being much maligned, you know, over the course of his career, he was not playing for three or four teams in the same year. Over the course of a year, him and Todd Bowles seem to have meshed together in in in, in, in a great way. And, and Tampa Bay is looking like a, a great team. We don't like Tampa Bay for when we lost on what two thousand and two, you know. So you know, it's it was very hard to watch that team in particular, you know, dominate the Eagles. And you would think that regardless of the scheme, like there was a bunch of stop routes, even in in the zero blisses. Jalen Hurst did not have a hot route, you know, for for the fans out there who don't know, you know, it's it's a guy that signify if there's a blitz comes, he's in a certain area where Jalen Hurst can find him immediately. You know, without thinking, I didn't see any hot routes going on. You know, despite again the zero blisses, players were going to different spots on the field where it, 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 you would have to be like one of the greatest throwers of the ball ever to find 
of these players with those blitzes, four or five players in Jalen Hurts' face. OJ, I'm going to get your thoughts when we come back from this break. We will be back with Reality Check after this break on Word. We have OJ Spivey, uh, contributor or uh, sports writer for the Philadelphia Tribune, the award-winning sports writer, and our sports guy, Michael Tillery, with us because we had to have some extra help because we had to discuss what really happened when the Eagles just fell off a cliff after uh, this season culminating in a 32-9 to loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I don't see them going much further, but, you know, who knows? OJ, uh, now that the season is over, not only over, but really ended on such a poor note and with some injuries to Dallas Goddard, Darius Slay, and Julio Jones, who just got to the Eagles and leaves now potentially with a concussion. I don't know if he's coming back. Probably not. And the announcement this morning that Jason Kelsey is likely officially retiring. What comes next for this team? How can they regroup at this point? Well, the first thing, Tanya, is you have to figure out uh, whether Sirianni's going to be the head coach or not. Um, at this point, I think it's a, a 50-50 chance. Uh, what are the meetings going to be? Uh, who's still going to be here as far as the coordinators is concerned? Um, as I said earlier, um, it's unprecedented to uh, lose both of your fire or remove both of your uh, offensive, your offensive and your defensive coordinators. Mm-hmm. And then the uh, head coach still keeps his job. That, that doesn't, that just doesn't happen in the NFL. So um, they also have to find out what their offensive philosophy is and just putting it back to Hertz uh, for a moment. And you're going, you're going to hear a lot of narratives uh, all this week and these next mm-hmm. few months of, uh, you know, our franchise quarterback here in Philadelphia, you know, uh, people are bringing up, okay, it's the money, you know, he's getting $255 million and uh, talk about his regression and everything. And, and I caution people is when you do that, when you start to have that discussion, it's very important, very crucial to take everything into account. Yes, his turnovers were up this year, um, but also he had career highs in yards passing, uh, career high in uh, touchdown passes. But he has also thrown the ball more than he ever he ever has uh, as a pro. Um, his attempts were up. Uh, his uh, completions were up. Um, his efficiency may be down, but they asked him to do a whole lot this year. And, you know, fans have said it to me. Uh, other media guys have said it to me. It just looked like, and you saw it last night, it just looked like uh, the coaches have just told him, hey, make a big play, do what you can, bail us out. And that has been week after week after week, and that finally caught up with them. So, but again, It'll be a lot of talk about his regression, but he had to take everything into account. Uh, But they have to look at uh, the coach. They have to look at their offensive philosophy and get the best out of Jalen Hurts. Put him and his offensive weapons, Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, um, Dallas Goddard, put them in the best position to succeed. And the defense just needs a complete overhaul. That, That was just a disaster. Once Patricia got in there, it just only got worse. Um, and they're old, uh, they're slow, 
Um, but they do have a couple of young guys. You have to begin to uh, build that offense, center that offense around Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis, because these are the, these are the guys that's going to be here. Brandon Graham, uh, Fletcher Cox, you know, these guys may not be back next year. So you, you have to build for the future, and that's going to take a while. Well, I always say uh, organizations build championships. There are certain organizations in both college and pro football that will always be in the conversation. And up until this year, I would have probably told you that the Eagles are one of those organizations. But now uh, there was some talk today that perhaps uh, it is not the team that needs the overall overhaul. Maybe it is the upper management. I mean, obviously, Jer- Jeffrey mm. Lurie's not going anywhere. He's the owner. Maybe he needs to rethink his philosophy along with Howie Roseman, because while they can say that they have both gone uh, to two Super Bowls, something it, it's just something that happened this year that we may know, as I said, when we see that 30 for 30, because it is 30 for 30 uh, drama that had to have happened that... Uh, you know, maybe the the it has to be some changes in the upper management in order to make this happen. Because continuing to change coaches, does that really work for teams? It doesn't seem like it until maybe they settle on the coach that just works the best with the players, personnel, front office, fans, everything around them. And I mean, Nick Sirianni, have we given him enough time after going to a Super Bowl to say, OK, we got to get rid of this guy now? Well, yeah, I, that, that. I, I, look at, I look at it this way. When, when you're the owner of the team, now we have this glaring example down in, in Dallas where Jerry Jones is speaking to the media after games, you know, his hands on and everything. If you're going to have a coach, especially a coach that's coming off a Super Bowl, and you're not going to give him the autonomy to hire and fire coaches, how is chemistry going to be exacted in the locker room? You know, you're basically bringing in plug and play, almost temp agency guys, you know, to see if they work out for the next season to see if you're going to hire them permanently. You know, uh, this was an exercise in total futility from top to bottom. Howie Roseman has to be held accountable. You know, one of the most glaring uh, miscarriages of free agency, I thought he didn't re-sign T.J. Edwards or or uh, um, Hargrave that's in San Francisco right now. You know, he he is plug and play into that San Francisco defense, and he is balling out. We saw Derek Barnett get a sack for, for Buffalo the other day. You know, there, there, there's so many of these players that are out there that we were giving like almost like a PR response when he did not re-sign these guys. I mean, T.J. Edwards is a tackle monster. We are missing a guy like that, obviously, because we are missing tackles. Mm -hmm. So what is the explanation for Howie Roseman also in this regard when it comes to the fallout for the Philadelphia Eagles? You just got to wonder, do you clean house? And this is the thing I think that goes across all job descriptions and organizations. When things are not successful, people always want to let folks go. It's like, oh, that didn't work out with these people. We got to get rid of them. As opposed to maybe everyone gets together and they go on one of those corporate retreats and it's like, you know, we do some yoga, we do some meditation, and then we figure out how to fix this thing. Because as you very aptly referenced, when you look at the the Dallas Cowboys and what happened with them, do you look at the team or do you look at the fact that for the last 20 plus years since they uh, haven't been to a Super Bowl, that the one person 
who has been the constant that entire time is their owner. So how do you figure out what's wrong? Well, you look at the person who's been the constant and say, this is the person who it probably lands on. So it may land on, we don't know what Lori and Roseman might've been telling Nick Sirianni to do. We don't know who he might have been telling him to hire. We don't know if he was like, well, play this one less. You don't know how much. And I mean, based on their history, I don't think that it has become public if that is what they're doing. But we just don't know how many strings were being pulled behind the scenes in order to account for this epic collapse of a team that, mind you, was a Super Bowl, not just contender, but went to the Super Bowl and was one play away really from from winning that Super Bowl. So I got to ask you guys, though, because I guess we will we'll just have to see what happens and what decisions are made. Coaching may be, you know, coaching is always the easiest way for a team to say we did something. Uh, fortunately, we do have two coaches left in the playoffs who are black coaches. We've got Todd Bowles and we've got D'Amico Ryan. Who's going to move forward in the playoffs? Go ahead, OJ. Well, that, that's a tough one because you have Ty Bowles going into Detroit next week. But, you know, the way he looked, <laughs> the way he schemed against the Eagles, I, I know Detroit has a, has a, a better squad. I, they have a better coaching squad. Um, they have a good offensive coordinator. Um, Jared Goff uh, played well last week, as you can see. But they were vulnerable. So um, as long as Baker Mayfield doesn't make any mistakes and Ty Bowles can – uh, invoke his defense and maybe do some of the things and be as successful as he was against the Eagles last night. They got a chance to go in there, even though I think Detroit is still the favorite. Um, on the other side, um, this is bittersweet for me because you, you have a great matchup in Houston and Baltimore with CJ Stroud, uh, the young rookie, uh, who is, you know, he's going to get all the rookie of the offensive rookie of the year, rookie of the year awards. I personally voted for him as a writer. Um, and you have him going against Lamar Jackson, uh, the said MVP. So uh, that's going to be a great game. Uh, and D'Amico Ryans has done a masterful job. He should be coach of the year um, as well. So I, I don't want any of those teams to lose, but I, I still like Baltimore in that one um, because I think overall, uh, they have a great defense and they do just enough with Lamar um, to where they'll probably uh, they, they'll probably prevail. But we'll see. Michael, we've been tracking black quarterbacks all year. 14 black quarterbacks started this season. A new NFL record. Who is going to fold up in the playoffs and who is going to show up among the black quarterbacks that we have left? I think the obvious answer to that question is Lamar Jackson. I mean, you look at you know, Jordan Love and, you know, uh, what, you know, OJ was saying about um, CJ Stroud, you know, they, they are, they're stalwarts in, in this league. They obviously are surprising people, you know, with their measure of success early on. Like it's a, this is initial burn on the football field in terms of the playoffs and they are playing like celebrated veterans. You know, I was very impressed uh, with Jordan Love's, especially him, his, his poise, you know, uh, when the the pressure was coming in his face. Mm. And, and these were the, the tapes that, that, that they should be showing Jalen Hurts. Because, you know, when, when it comes to those blitzes, again, without having that hot read, um, you have to make quick decisions. Even though Jalen Hurts wasn't getting more than three seconds time back there when he was dropping back, 
You know, there, there, there should be people available to him. But to look at what these two young quarterbacks are doing is a remarkable thing. You know, it's highly coincidental that, you know, both of these young players are playing, again, like veterans. Like, they're, they're very poised. Uh, they're finding the right spots. They're making all of the throws. You know, they're they're not overthrowing receivers. It seems like the chemistry that they have with their receivers is is, is very good. You know, uh, I, I'm looking for Lamar Jackson to complete this year. Uh, I think that everybody is watching him to see if he will complete this year. You know, he obviously has, you know, a wonderkin in, in, in Josh Allen, you know, coming out of the same draft year um, that is capable of taking over the playoffs himself. So it's, it's really going to be up to Lamar Jackson and in his defense and also how they scheme. You know, say a Josh Allen or if they face uh, Patrick Mahomes in a playoff to see if they can, again, complete the season. Well, we've got uh, Lamar Jackson, C.J. Stroud, Patrick Mahomes, and Jordan Love all left in the playoffs. So chances are we will see a black quarterback go all the way through. I'm rooting for the Ravens, of course, after the Eagles. That would be my number one quarterback. But, you know, as I always say, I'm rooting for everybody black. So if anybody gets through, I'm going to be happy about (laughs) that. But uh, I think there's some upset potential here. OJ, I'll let you take us out. What are your picks? Well, I do like Baltimore next week. Um, again, I just think they'll do just enough, but I think that's probably going to be the best game. And, uh, you know, everybody talks about the Bills and Chiefs uh, where, you know, this time uh, Kansas City has to go into Buffalo. And who knows, we might have another snowstorm uh, by then with, you know, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Um, and, you know, I, I still... I still think the Chiefs can go in there, even though uh, they're not as good as last year. Um, and I, I think they'll do enough uh, just to beat Josh Allen because, you know, the Bills are, are great at home, um, but they can be inconsistent at times. Uh, on the other side, I do like the Lions uh, to uh, beat Tampa Bay. Um, and I do like San Francisco to uh, I do like San Francisco uh, to win uh, their matchup as well. Well, O.J. Spivey, award-winning sports writer for the Philadelphia Tribune and our sports guy, Michael Tillery, thank you so much for joining us on Reality Check today. It remains to be seen what happens with the Eagles, but uh, we've got a few more black quarterbacks to root for, and we will see how it goes as these playoffs continue. Thank you guys so much. And, uh, Michael, you'll be on next week, so we will see you then. See you guys. Take care. You've been listening to Word Radio On Demand. Listen live at 96.1 FM, 900 AM, and online at wordradio.com.